Welcome to the Small Business Whole Health Podcast. We help you stay happy, healthy and whole so your small business can thrive and stay vital in this ever-changing world with holistic coaches and small business owners, Jill and Dan. Hello and welcome to the Small Business Whole Health Podcast. I'm Jill and I'm here with my podcasting partner, Daniel. Hello, Jill and hello, listeners. Hello, listeners. And today we have got one of our very special guests joining us on the show. He is somebody who um, has trained both of us. He's one of the Czech faculties and a very knowledgeable man on all things health and wellness. His name is Lee Brandon. And um, we've already had Lee on our podcast previously. In fact, it was a year ago. If you haven't listened to that podcast, I would recommend that you go back and listen to that one first because Lee gave us a lot of information on the first podcast that um, was kind of prophetic, wouldn't you say, Dan? Yeah, at the time, people probably thought that Lee was a bit of a conspiracy theorist and he was expressing views which went against the grain. But here we are, I think it's even longer than a year, it might be 14 months since the previous interview. And most of what Lee predicted has come true. So I would suggest that our listeners take what he says in this upcoming podcast pretty seriously based on his past. Exactly. And uh, and Lee is one of the most knowledgeable people that I know in terms of health and wellness. Um, I've been doing his course, which we talk about in the podcast. It's called Heal Them. And um, I've also been working with Lee as a coach. And honestly, the difference that it's made to my health in, in just a sh- such a short space of time as well, Lee really does know what he's talking about. So um, without further ado, we shall introduce you to Lee Brandon. Lee, thank you for coming on our podcast today. It's been a year since we last had you on. And um, a year ago, you were predicting that we were going to be getting held down in our houses and vaccinated. Um, (laughs) And that was while the vaccine was only a twinkle in Boris Johnson's eye, as we would say up in the northeast. So um, could you give us a little bit of a rundown where you think we've gone in the last year and a bit of a state of the nation from Lee's perspective? I guess... My thoughts back in March 2020, you know, I think from January 2020, I smelt, I smelt a rat um, when we were seeing people nose diving to their death in the streets in China. I was fully aware that there had been attempts to bring in new vaccines and that there had been attempts to mandate them many times before. So that was my first thought back then. My other thoughts then, based on other research I'd done, was that this was going to be used as an attempt by the government to restrict our freedoms and to increase their powers over us. And also to basically create a money grab whereby taxpayers money was going to be taken away and given to, you know, big companies and very rich people. That was kind of my overview of where I felt we were going. And then, so what we 16, 16 months down the line, I would say that all of those things were correct based on what I've seen. I guess where I didn't get it right, I didn't realize how well they would do it. I didn't realize how well they would condition people's thinking and beliefs to be able to pull it off. They've probably gone further than I was hoping they would, but I guess the way I see the situation is now very slowly people are starting to smell a rat. And people that were calling me all kinds of names 15 months ago are now starting to like my posts, which is quite interesting. What seems clear to me based on what I've seen is that, you know, this isn't something that's being rolled out by the UK government. It's it's being rolled out at a world level. So what I didn't foresee necessarily, although I had heard rumours that part of this whole campaign was to crash the economy to bring in a new system of money. And when you look at how much money has been spent on furlough and how much money has been spent on these fraudulent tests, how much money has been spent on this completely unnecessary so-called vaccine, how are we ever going to pay this money back? Well, it seems that the plan is that we were never intending to pay the money back. It was to bring in this new monetary system which is going to be online and you know in order to get access to your money you would have to jump through many hoops by the government and you know we've already seen this 
you know, to get on a train, you've got to wear a mask. To go in a shop, you've got to wear a mask. Now, you know, going to a sports event now, you have to either have had two jabs or proof that you've got a negative PCR test. You know, if someone had said that 16 months ago, they would have said, no, only that kind of thing ever happens in China or North Korea. Again, I, I thought that might happen, but I thought, no, people aren't going to fall for that, surely. Um, and it seems to be the case. And what's quite interesting, I saw a friend uh, who put a post up this morning saying, oh, you know, in Copenhagen, they had 60,000 crowd watching the football match the other day. Now their cases are going up. And I just thought, well, think about it. Just use your brain. If you have to take a test to get in to watch an event, the more people taking tests, the more the cases is going to go up, right? Because you got, we know we've got false positives and the, the PCR test is being done way too high in terms of the cycle threshold, which I'm pretty sure I spoke about last year. You know, the cycle threshold is believed to be accurate around 20 to 25 cycles and they're using about 45 cycles. So of course you're going to get loads of false positives. And, and what we would have called a case two years ago was someone that was unwell requiring medical attention. That's why we call it a medical case. Well, now a case is someone that's had a positive result from a fraudulent test, whether they're a medical case or not. They're called a case. That's kind of where we are at the moment. And as we know, you know, the UK, the last three or four months has had the lowest death rate in history that it's ever had. And we're still in a state of emergency. So if we've got the lowest number of deaths we've ever had, why on earth are we in a state of emergency, right? I mean, you know, there's so many, so many avenues we could go down, but I would say that's kind of my overall paradigm of, of what's going on now and what's been going on over the last 15, 16 months. Have you been surprised by how many people and how easily people just bought into the whole narrative? Because for me, that was, there's been a lot of surprises and unknowns, but it's just how people don't question anything and just they go with the mainstream and that's the truth as far as they're concerned and they're not even prepared to explore any other alternative opinion that's that's been the probably the most scary thing for me i, I must admit i would say it's definitely the most disappointing thing because mm. that that is what's allowed to happen what's happened there's a part of me that is surprised but there's also a part of me that's not surprised as well because in paul check's personal and professional spirit from mastery program lesson two is all about mind control and brainwashing and how people think and straight away i started to see the classic brainwashing techniques going on right from day one what has surprised me is how many people fell for it but then you know you've got to also consider if you frighten people you put them in a position where they're much easier to manipulate so i'm, I'm kind of split on that part of me is surprised but then another part of me isn't but we are seeing slowly a rise in people starting to really kind of see what's going on i mean what's quite interesting i've been to most of the protests in london the first one i went to it's always hard to estimate the numbers but i would guess it was about thirty thousand in trafalgar square and then the second one i would guess it was about sixty thousand. the third one i would guess it was about a hundred and 20,000, maybe up to 200,000. And the last one I went on was probably, I mean, again, it's very difficult to say. People are saying anywhere between half a million and 1.2 million people were there. So there's definitely a growing awareness that people are being lied to. You know, there were some of us, as you know, that were aware of the lying from day one. But when you start breaking down the science of what they're telling us, nothing makes sense, right? You know, the G7 leaders we all saw and this is what's starting to open a lot of people's eyes they were all doing all their elbow bumping and wearing the mask for the cameras and then as soon as the cameras were off social distancing was out the window masks were out the window hugging and kissing so well, hang on a minute the viruses not affect elite people and then of course you know we're hearing today that uh, uefa are sending 3,000 delegates to the uk to watch football at wembley stadium and they're not going to have any quarantine, you know, none of that that everybody else has to have because it's deadly virus, right? Well, either it's a deadly virus or it isn't. And I think people are start, starting to really see that, hang on a minute, if this is such a deadly virus, 
why can the Queen and Biden and Johnson and all these people interact and we can't? So these leaders are certainly shooting themselves in the foot to a certain degree. I just kind of hope that those that are still open-minded, let's put it that way, because there are some people that are just so far conditioned, there's just no getting through to them at all. Hopefully there's enough people that can maintain enough of an open mind to see what's going on because we need we need to be in the majority to really turn this around because we could stop this tomorrow if everyone just said we're not social distancing we're not wearing masks we're not testing that is it done the government can't arrest 67 million people and put us all in prison so i guess you guys are probably aware you know i've been trying my best to help educate people with the facts and sharing experts that do not get any time on mainstream media. People like Gert Van den Bosch, Dr. Peter McCulloch, Dr. John, John Lee as well. I mean, he does get on, at least on talk radio sometimes, you know, he talks a lot of sense. Dr. Mike Eden, uh, he's been pretty much banned now from all social media because they don't like, you know, a different opinion to the mainstream narrative. Uh, you know, Dr. Carrie, Carrie Madej, Dr. Simone Gold, you know, I could go on and on and on about all these experts that are out there giving their opinions that are very different from what we're being told, yet social media just bans them. I mean, I was banned from Facebook. <laughs> I've been banned twice by Facebook. And one of the reasons I was banned was because I shared the web address to the government's yellow card system. But why would they ban me for that? Surely, surely if they're trying to protect people, should we not protect people from danger of all sorts not just from a virus we know from the yellow card system following the let's call it gene therapy it's around 1300 people have died shortly afterwards in the uk and that's only those that have been reported most medical staff don't even know most people don't know that the yellow card system even exists i heard one estimate from the united states so their, their system is called theirs and i think they've had they've reported i think it's 5,000 deaths following the, the gene therapy. But because of the way that it's not reported, the estimate was that they think there's been 150,000 deaths following the jab. So what is the, the yellow card system, if you don't mind summarizing? Yeah, so the yellow card system, it's not a compulsory system. Again, why would it not be compulsory? So if there's any adverse reaction to the jab, either the person having the reaction or their medical professional should report it to the, to the yellow card system, because then, you know, as we know, this is a two year trial going on of this treatment. Well, when you do any kind of trial, what you want to know is how effective is it and how safe is it? Well, if you're not reporting all the adverse reactions, when it gets to the end of the study in 2023, how are we going to know to weigh up the risks and the benefits of this treatment if the adverse reactions weren't recorded? So, in the yellow card system, by the way, there's been almost a million adverse reactions in the UK, and that's only those that have been reported. We know in the US, their system, the VERS system, has around 1% uh, report rate, which means for every one report, there's 99 going unreported. So if our system has a similar reporting rate, and we've had almost a million adverse reactions, that actually means we've had 100 million adverse reactions. I don't know how many people have been vaccinated in the UK. I'm guessing it's probably around 30 to 40 million, which means that the average person has had more than one adverse reaction if you, if you use those, those figures. And everyone I know that's had an adverse reaction have not reported it. Everyone, 100% of people. Yeah, and would an adverse reaction be classed as the stereotypical, I didn't feel well for 24 hours and then I felt but, fine? Yeah, an adverse reaction goes from anything from pain in the site of the injection to death mm. so it can go from very mild reaction to a very severe reaction if you look at you know the serious reactions as well they're still in high numbers you know we know about the blood clots and again a lot of experts have explained very clearly why the spike protein that the vaccine induces to be produced by the body's own dna in the billions we know that it's toxic we know that it causes blood clots. We know that people are having strokes. We know that people are having heart attacks. We know that um, one of the risks is myocarditis, which can cause heart attacks. We also know that with normal vaccines, 
the injection kind of stays at the site. So, you know, in the, in the deltoid muscle. Well, they've studied this in this gene therapy and it goes all over the body. And the biggest, the, the highest percentage of it, or the, the, what's called the lipid nanoparticles, which allows it to, to get into the cell, is found in highest concentrations in the ovaries. Now, is, is, that, is that done on purpose? That's an interesting question, right? Because you think about it, we know that lots of women are having menstrual irregularities. We even know postmenopausal women are starting to menstruate after having it. Obviously, there is one theory that this is, you know, a eugenicist plan to depopulate the world. Well, what's one of the best ways to depopulate the world? Well, if you make all the women infertile, you're going to do a pretty good job, right? So, again, that's that's speculation. We don't know that 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 is an actual cause. But again, when you look back at the speculation that I suggested 15, 16 months ago, they all pretty much were, were right. The other, the other area of the body that these seem to target is also bone marrow. Well, what does bone marrow do? It produces blood. It produces white blood cells. So it's, you know, it's the start, if you like, of the immune system. We know that you know, the famous story of the doctor from Miami who had the injection and then literally within days he was dead and they just couldn't find any any um white blood cells in his body he had no immune system it's gone you know so there's definitely a lot of concern about that and it doesn't seem to be acknowledged by those in authority and another interesting statistic is that and this is again this is an american figure there have been more deaths following vaccinations in the US in the last year than in the previous 15 years. Just think about that for a moment. What does that tell you? Yeah, it's it's difficult because even with all these facts and figures which don't get spoken about, even if you were listening to this podcast and then it was kind of like a, a light bulb moment that you realize people were actually actually dying and having adverse reactions in huge quantities, it still seems as though to me that most of the people have just made their minds up and they, they don't want to hear anything else. That's what I struggle with. I've had quite a few debates with, with friends and family. And it's like the more you express your opinion, it kind of, it just, they get their backs up and they start defending their own reasons. But most of us, we come from a place of really wanting to help people and, mm. or even just get them to explore an, an alternative and then make an informed decision. But people get so defensive or they just don't care. That is like you said the word, it's disappointing that people just don't care and they'd rather just have an easy life and not worry about it. When really they know there's so many hypocritical things going on, like the eat out to help out, which spiked cases and you know, wear a mask when you when you walk down the, the corridor in a restaurant, but then when you sit at your table, you have to take it off. It's the mo- it's the most clever virus ever known to man. There's, the list is endless of the idiotic things which we're being made to do, but people just don't care. They, they don't want to question it. It's it's just crazy. I was going to say, I feel like it doesn't matter if you're healthy or not. You just need to get this job and everybody will, you know, it doesn't matter if you look after your health, you still need it. Okay, fine. If you've got comorbidities and you feel vulnerable, that's great. But if you're a healthy person, you, the pressure to get it is unreal, isn't it? Well, you still got to remember that the survival rate from this virus is 99.97% mm. for the average person. So the risk is zero, practically zero, particularly for youngsters. And we also have to remember that there are treatments that have been shown in research. And I've had several doctors talk about the use of these that have been very effective at treating people that actually have COVID-19. So, you know, ivermectin seems to be the most um, successful treatment based on the, the evidence. Hydroxychloroquine, which I've known for 15 months now, is very effective when used correctly alongside azithromycin and zinc. Budesonide is um, a steroid that's used that's very effective. You know, if people got inflammation in the lungs, that's very effective. There's also um, methylene blue, which is a dye, is very effective. And guess what they all also all have in common? They're all very safe. They don't have adverse reactions, unlike the gene therapy. And also, they're out of patent. 
What does that mean? It means you can't make a lot of money out of them. So these, these gene therapies, which by the way, if you look into it, the patents were, have been around a few years, right? This was supposedly designed last year, but the patents, if you look, go back to sort of 2017, 16, 2018, depending on the, vac on the, on the vaccine. So that's, that's quite interesting. But just coming back to what you were saying, Dan, I've been guilty of allowing my frustration at people coming out sometimes when I do posts. And what I mean by that is and I'm starting to get more aware and conscious of the fact that, you know, I'll post something with a bit, there's a bit of anger in there because I'm trying to wake people up. Right. You know, yeah. sort of saying, look, stop being an idiot. This is the, the reality of the situation. But what I find is that that just doesn't help. Right. It doesn't help. And, and look, listen, I'm probably going to make that mistake again because I do get really frustrated. Right. But I think the approach needs to be right now because people are starting to think, well, hang on a minute. If the G7 are doing that, why can't we do the same thing? We need to be a bit more. And it's not just, again, there's a lot of people like me that are putting great information out there. We need to be a bit more empathetic and kind of open armed to those people and to kind of allow them to see outside of what's going on without making them feel like an idiot. So one of the reasons why people get so defensive is because you're basically shattering their whole identity of who they are, but also their whole paradigm of what the world is, right? There's, there's so many people out there that believe that people in power are good people. They don't, they don't ever tell a lie. They would never do that. They're there to help me, right? There's a lot of people who, you know, and Paul Check talks, talks about this a lot, is that, you know, there are a lot, there are a lot of adults out there who've never really grown up. They still have the mentality or the consciousness of a child. And again, that's not, that's not trying to put people down. That's just, that's just how life is. And what I mean by that is that, you know, you think of a child that's four or five years old, they fall over. What do they do? They put their arms up, you know, oh, start crying. You know, they, they, they look to their parents to, to help them through it. Right. Well, as, as adults, you know, we've always looked up to teachers and possibly religious leaders possibly police, almost as a, as a, as a parent-like figure, right? We then get into adulthood. And if we don't take responsibility for ourselves, we still live a life wanting to be parented. So in modern society, what's that? That's your boss at work because they tell you what to do. It's the newsreader, the journalists on the TV because they tell you what's true. It's, it's the police, right? Whatever the police tell you to do, or oh, you must do it. Right. Well, we've seen, you know, I've seen very close hand police in large numbers smash innocent people over the head with batons. Right. For doing nothing wrong at all. Right. Well, in the child parent relationship, that's called battery. Right. You'd go to prison for that if you did that to your own child. So, you know, there's, there's a lot of people who they're just not in a position to take responsibility for themselves. They want someone else to tell them what to do because they haven't yet. What, what you could call individualize. Okay. So, you know, we're meant to individualize when we go through puberty, right? And we come to, we get to be teenagers, we start rebelling. Well, what we're meant to do is to become who we really are. But oftentimes people become who other people want them to be. Right. So there are a lot of people out there that just will not listen to the truth because it's just too scary for them to believe that they're parents the people that are meant to be looking after them are actually the ones that are doing them the harm so that's very you know it's very very difficult for those people to to admit that and also think about it whenever you've been duped it's very difficult to admit you've been duped mm. right most people will go along with it rather than just hold their hands up and go you know what i've been duped let's move on you know nothing would please me more than me getting everything wrong over the last 15 months if, if it turns out I got it all wrong, I would be the happiest person on the planet. Sadly, I know that's not going to happen, right? Yeah. Um, and that's not because I can't accept being duped. I've been duped in my life many a time. But that's how you learn, right? Eventually, your sabotage archetype starts to flag up when you're being duped. And mine, mine was alerted, you know, January in 2020. So how, how we cross that bridge... To, you know to the people who are 
currently still scared, people that currently think we're in the middle of a pandemic, you know, when we've got the lowest number of deaths in history, you know, somehow we've got to hold a hand out to those people and try and help them up. And, you know, for those people, they've, they've got to go through, they've, they've got to step outside of their comfort zone because their comfort zone is sitting in front of the TV, listening to Johnson and Hancock and Witty and Valance and Van Tam and Fauci and all those guys, because they're, 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 they're there to protect them. All we can do is hold the hand out, whether they want to take it or not is up to them. But I think the more, the more confliction they see on their own TV screens, the more likely they're going to start to think, hang on a minute, this doesn't seem quite right. Maybe those conspiracy theory, jelly brain, tinfoil hat wearing nut jobs were, were right after all. <laughs> yeah. And that's the other thing, right? They've been calling people like me, all those names, like jelly brain. Now, if they realize that perhaps maybe they weren't seeing things correctly and maybe the jelly brain was, what does that make themselves? <laughs> yeah. And like you said, you've, you've reacted angry a few times and it's hard not to eventually because you're so passionate about it and mm. you see the situation for what it really is. But when you met with, with ridicule, it's hard not to respond that way when it's on a, a daily basis and you, you, you're not doing it just for the good of your own health you're, tr you're genuinely trying to help people but then when you when you're met with ridicule and and arguments eventually you're not gonna i wouldn't say the word snap but yeah you, you're gonna have some some angry reactions which is almost unavoidable but yeah it's a good point that you make you just kind of have to be the example and let people figure it out on their own yeah i mean less and less i've been kind of reacting so you know listen i'm getting trolled online for what I'm saying right and, and I'm learning to, to just ignore those people it's like okay listen you're not ready to hear the truth there's been one or two people that I like that they're people that I like so I've responded to them and now I've got to the point where it's like ugh, I'm just wasting my time just let them let them think I'm an idiot let them think I'm dangerous time will tell you know I think there's going to be a lot of healing of trauma when we all get out of this and um, a lot of questions being asked. Yeah, it's going to be an interesting time, whether they get complete control over us in the way they want or whether enough of us get together and are able to bring these people to justice. I can actually see that the outcome to this whole thing could be amazing. Mm -hmm. Right? We could create such an amazing world if people start to realise the levels of corruption and control that's been going on for many, many years. You know, the thing that really woke me up was 9-11, uh, right? I, I say woke me up, that started me, started me kind of thinking, hang on a minute, there's no way that two aeroplanes can make three skyscrapers implode, right? It's just physically not possible, right? And I know people will scream, oh, you're a conspiracy theorist. No, that's not a theory, right? It's physically impossible for an aeroplane to have hit that those towers and to make it implode the grenfell tower burnt for days didn't fall down right and it was covered in inflammable material right whereas you know the wings of an airplane where they hold the fuel compared to the size of the twin towers was minuscule right those twin towers were massive yeah and the fact that there was not one single piece of footage from the pentagon when the plane hit i mean does that not yeah. That's just, it doesn't make any sense. It's one and, of the... And there was no um, pieces of aeroplane found. Yeah. Right? yeah, it just doesn't make any sense, does it? So, so that kind of got me thinking, and that, that really, you know, you know, that's when I started really going down the rabbit hole. And then around 2005 was when I started investigating vaccines. And, you know, I'm just flabbergasted when people just come out and say, oh, these anti-vaxxers, and it's like, you've clearly not done any research you just believe again you're just believing what you believe to be true based on what you've been told you've not actually done your own research you know i mean if people want to go down that route that's down to them that's not you know i don't really have a major problem with that but i have a problem with the fact that these companies have got no liability whatsoever for any of their products or any of their vaccine vaccine products right if they're so safe well, why why can't people sue you know if volkswagen turn around and said well yeah, if people die in our cars, don't worry, we, you know, we can't get sued. Everyone would be in uproar. We were in uproar because, you know, they cheated the, um, the emissions testing. 
I mean, that didn't directly kill anybody. It might, it might have killed people over time. But, you know, the level of evil and the level of corruption and the level of control that humanity has been under for a very long time. It's not, this isn't a new thing. The spotlight is now coming onto that. You know, a few years ago, people say to me, oh, you know, slavery ended a hundred and whatever years ago and all that. And I say, really, if you think, if you think slavery is finished, stop going to work and stop paying your bills and see what happens. Right. Our, our whole financial system is a, is a slavery system. Mm. And then you look at what's happened. So the government have paid all this money for furlough, for vaccines, for PPE, our money. Right. Where did that money come from? Do you know? Was it down the back of the sofa at number 10? Was it in the Bank of England? The magic, money, the magic money tree that Theresa May said that they didn't have. It suddenly appeared. Yeah, well, how do you how how does any loan happen? Do you know? The bank magic money out of nowhere and then charge you interest for doing it. Yeah. That is a slavery system because you get you get on that treadmill, it's very difficult to get off. So the bank say, here's a load of money that isn't their money, because it's been magic on a computer screen. Now, because we've lent you that money, you have to pay us X amount interest per month. That's a great little business model. So we were already in a slavery system, a financial slavery system. So if people can start to see what's going on, then, you know, it's possible that we could then turn around and say, you know, we don't want to be part of this system anymore. We want a system that's going to be much fairer where, you know, the, the uber rich aren't allowed to siphon off trillions of dollars or pounds into offshore accounts so they don't pay any tax. And then, you know, the lower and middle classes are paying all the tax, you know. So I could I could potentially see a world, you know, 10, 20 years time where, you know, the banking system has been completely overhauled, not the way the World Economic Fund wants it to happen. That wouldn't be ideal. You know, a system where those with the most money pay the most tax, not no tax. You know, you pay your fair share. A system where, you know, if you're if you're found to be corrupt, that would be, a very, very serious offence, you know, probably up there with murder. We just need a system that's just much fairer for everybody. So, you know, I, I believe that everyone requires education. And when I say education, I mean proper education, not mind control that we use in our education system. I think everyone needs inspiration. And I think everyone needs opportunity. If you take away those things... What do you think most people turn to? They probably turn to crime, right? And then who gets the blame? They do, right? Yeah, of course, there's a level of personal responsibility. But, you know, I'm fortunate. I think I was reasonably well-educated. Yeah, again, I've got issues with our education system. I definitely had people to inspire me. And I did have opportunity. But not everyone has that. And I think everyone has the right to that. And I know, you know, there are things like broken families and that makes, you know, inspiration difficult at times. But I certainly think there's opportunity for us to fill those gaps when, when they occur. Definitely can see the opportunity for turning around our farming systems, our food systems. I think we should look at life and say, what are the absolute essentials for life? And make sure that everyone has access to those, you know, fresh organic food. A roof over their head, transport, energy, right? You know, I, I feel that, and I think, Jill, we've had this discussion before, that maybe if all of us paid a little bit more tax, all of those things I just mentioned could be covered by the government. Because so, everyone's got, everyone will have enough for somewhere to live. But if you want a nice place to live, great. You know, you can just pay a bit more. If you want more food or better food let's say although my view would be that you know all chemicals all dangerous chemicals will be banned from farming so all the food would be organic anyway but you know if you wanted extra again you know you can pay, you can always pay extra and then a certain amount would be available for medical care and a certain amount would be for health care which are two completely different things by the way for anyone that's listening health is something that avoids the need for medical care. So medical care might be emergencies. So if you have a car, you know, car accident, um, if you know, if you need any kind of emergency 
you know, if someone has a heart attack, for instance. So I think people should always get an allowance for each of those. And again, if you want to do more, you know, you can always kind of, you know, pay for that yourself. But I, I certainly think the basics in life should be covered. And it could be, you know, you've got a national insurance card, not an app, by the way. <laughs> something like a national president. insurance card and you, you, know, you can go to your physiotherapist or your massage therapist or your personal trainer or nutritionist and say okay i've got an allowance whatever you're charging me is going to come off of that allowance i'm going to vote for you to be president lee and we're all going to live on a commune Let, somewhere let's hope, let's hope we do have a president one day <laughs> that's why i said that way <laughs> <laughs> right um lee so you have written a really good course that i've been doing with you as well so i can speak about it as well and it's called heal them um and it's really good do you want to talk a little bit about that and why you um you wrote this yeah so as a as a practitioner what i learned in the check system that's you know stood the test of time and been very successful is what we call the six foundation principles so the six foundation principles are things that need to be in place for anyone to achieve optimal health so those six are positive thoughts breathing hydration nutrition movement and sleep so they all need to be optimum in order to uh, achieve health and over the last so i've been a check practitioner for 20 years i would say 80 to 90% of the time, once I coach someone to put those six factors into place, they get back to normal health. You know, even some of the most serious conditions you've ever come across, you get those six factors right, people get better. But sometimes they don't. So they might have all those factors in place, but they're still not quite right. And one of my other teachers, um, Bill, uh, Bill Walcott, who's um, the author of the Metabolic Typing Diet book, he has a phrase called blocking factors. So a blocking factor can be anything that gets in the way of someone getting healthy. So during the first lockdown, as you're probably aware, I spent the first seven weeks researching COVID and what was going on. And then in the eighth week, I put it all into a book that I gave away. And then I got to the end of the eight weeks and I thought, well, hang on a minute, I've just spent the last two months doing absolutely nothing for myself because <laughs> I gave the book away. I didn't, I didn't charge for it. Um, I can't see clients because we were in lockdown and I thought, okay, there's a good chance that my business of seeing people face to face might have finished and I need to you know, change my business model. So I thought what would be, what would be quite a useful thing to do, not just from my own benefit, but you know, how could I benefit others? So I thought, why don't, why don't I put a course together based on my own experience of how I've helped people overcome these blocking factors? So when I looked into it, I thought, okay, so what, what categories can I put these into? It was very clear that there were four clear, distinct areas of blocking factors that I've dealt with over the years. So the course is called Heal Them, and the them is an acronym. So T stands for toxicity, H stands for hormones, E stands for electromagnetic radiation, and the M stands for the microbiome. So what I did was I used a combination of my own, as I said, my own experience, but I also spent a lot of time doing new research on new material to put into each module. So the course is for professionals. So it's teaching professionals, you know, if you get a client that you're kind of stuck, it's like, I don't know what to do with this person. You know, they're eating well, they're exercising well, they're hydrating, they're going to bed on time, but they're still not quite getting there this is the ideal course for those kind of people or even people that just think, okay, there's a lot more people I'd like to work with or there's certain conditions that I wish I knew how to deal with, or even I'd like to increase my rates. So that's who the course is for. Now the course is only about three quarters actually finished because when I first started out on the project, I thought it would take about six months to write the material. I was thinking about charging about four and a half thousand pounds for the program. Well, I am now 13 months into the project and I say I'm almost three quarters of the way there. And because we were in a lockdown situation at the time, I decided to charge a lot less than I was originally going to. So there's two ways that you can invest in the program. One is in full, it's 950 pounds at the moment, or you can do six monthly installments of 175 pounds so 
you know, the kind of people on this program, you probably need to see one or two clients a month, you know, to get it to pay for itself. And, you know, once I've got all the material, I, I mean, you know, for those that aren't aware, which I know you, you're very aware, Jill, there's a lot of material. There. So, you know, it's still okay for people to buy now because there's a ton of material to go through. So I would say the whole course is probably going to be finished. I'm aiming for the end of the year, but you know, if people start the course now, you know, there'll be more than enough material to be doing over the next six months. Oh yes. And I'm not, where, where are you up to Jill? I'm halfway through the second set the toxicity section. So, okay. and I've been doing it for about three, four, three months now. Yes. And again, you know, most people doing the course are busy people, right? So, you know, I'd say if you've got an hour or two a week, you know, you'll, you know, you'll make good progress, but yeah, you'll, you definitely won't get to the end of the program um, or you won't run out of things to, to learn by the time you're finished. Definitely not. Well, I'm trying to do an hour uh, module a week because sometimes the modules are longer than an hour Mm. and then other ones are a bit shorter. So I always think try and do a module a week. But for me, what it's done, and with Lee's help, with with your help as well, Lee, is it's just those like 1% gains that you can get from the, you know, I thought I was pretty good on the foundation principles anyway, but it's like, so since I started, I've lost 11 inches off my whole body, uh, five inches off my tummy, my hair has grown thicker, my nails have gone, my skin's improving. It's like there's so much... It's all the little things that those one percents that you do in each of the the things and your course is like it's so well researched as well as you would expect that it's it's very deep so it's it's really helping me a lot so Mm. and i was saying this to another czech practitioner the other day because he was saying like oh i don't feel like i'm really embodying it and i feel that's what this course has helped us to do a little bit more is to embody it if you want to take it to the next level so that you can then teach it and become it then i think that's what it's really helped it's helping me with it anyway and i can only speak from myself so so what you're saying is joe you would recommend it um no (laughs) don't do it (laughs) no yeah do 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 it it's really good and lee has kindly offered uh, a special offer as well if for those of you who have listened to our podcast of 10 percent off with some special codes which we'll put at the end and we'll also put them in the show notes as well yeah excellent okay dan have you got any questions to ask lee i think we're nearly done yeah the only question i would ask is kind of crossing back over to the previous topic with the COVID situation. Um, you gave us predictions last time. Oh, yeah. You were on the podcast, so come on then, enlighten us, Lee. <laughs> Seems though nearly everything came true last year. Wow. Where do you Chris- see us? That's Even in a, a year's time, but also um, you'll have probably heard the year 2030 kind of keeps coming up in this this whole grand plan of the the people who are running the show do you is that something you've heard of and what's your predictions for the next I'm years? quite I'm quite aware of the plan whether that will completely ring true I don't know if you'd have asked me that a year ago I'd have been a bit more optimistic than I am now based on what we've experienced again I've seen a document that by 2030 the UK will have three airports Heathrow Gatwick and Glasgow and there'll be high-speed trains between the three. So my, my guess is that the plan is that the airline industry will no longer exist by then. That's the plan. Now, I'm not saying that will happen, but when you look at what's happening now, it makes sense to me that they are trying to destroy the airline industry. They don't want people to travel. There's also I've also seen a document, and this is, this is not new. I saw this a couple of years ago, a document stating that by 2025 there will be around 15 million population in the UK which is less than a quarter of what it is now so again you know if that if that is true it kind of makes a lot of sense you know because a lot of what's been going on doesn't make any sense but if that is the goal what's been happening makes a lot of sense right you know if they're producing these therapeutics that attack the ovaries you know it's going to stop people reproducing then, um, you know, that kind of makes sense. This time next year, I'll be very surprised if we don't go into another full lockdown in October, even though we know lockdowns do absolutely nothing to reduce risk of COVID. You look all around the world, there's absolutely no correlation between lockdowns, the strength of lockdowns and 
cases and, and death rates. And again, Dr. Mike Eden explained very clearly why that's the case. We're hearing this week that we're probably going to lock down in the winter because there's going to be a big flu epidemic. So I would be very surprised if there isn't a full lockdown October, November time. Let's hope not. I really hope not. Again, I hope not. It wouldn't surprise me if they mandate every single person in this country has to have the vaccine. That wouldn't surprise me. I don't know what I'm going to do if that happens, but I'm not having it. I would rather starve to death, you know, living on the common over the road than, than have that. I think what I would like to see is people to rise up and just say no more. We're not wearing masks. We're not social distancing. We're not going to have any more of this deadly therapy that's killing loads of people. And I'd like to see those that have orchestrated this plan to be brought to justice. You know, this is this is a you know organised crime gang that's running our country, and you know they they need to they need to be brought to justice. And I think you know I would rather see them rehabilitated than punished. I would love to see them spend six months with a with a good shaman so they can kind of see what they've been doing to people. I'd rather you know I'd, I'd rather them be rehabilitated. And if they're rehabilitated, let them back out. Let them do some good in the world. But you know I think a lot of people would be dubious as to whether those kind of people could actually be rehabilitated. I think they could. I think they could. I know, I know a lot of people would like to see them uh, either at least go to prison for the rest of their life. I'm not necessarily in that camp. I'd rather see them see that see the errors of their ways and be fully rehabilitated. And I'd like to see a complete change in our political system and you know really put an end to corruption, whether that's possible, you know, because generally where there's money and power, there's corruption. But I think it's possible. I think we could we could create an, an amazing world. Cool. And Lee, where will our listeners new to them and where can they find out more about you and all of this stuff that you've been talking about? On my Facebook feed, just look me up on there. I, I share lots of information there. I have a blog, which is bodycheck, B-O-D-Y-C-H-E-K.co.uk forward slash blog. On my blog, I mainly share expert knowledge and presentations by you know, PhD scientists and medical doctors on my Instagram account, which is Body Check Injury Rehab. I put a lot of information that I share from my Heal Them program. So if people are interested in that, um, I share a lot of the information just to give you a little bit of a taster. And I mean, it's great information, even if you don't do the program. Um, some really eye-opening information for most people. I'm on Twitter as well. I don't do a lot on Twitter, so that's Lee Brandon. Will people sign up for your Heal Them course as well? We'll put the link on uh, on the show notes. It's... Yeah, so the website is healthemeducation.com. Cool, healthemeducation.com. And we've got some special codes that you can get 10% off, which we will put in the show notes. Yeah, I can, I can tell you what they are. Yeah, go on up. So it's SBWH, the Small Business Whole Health. So SBWH10. And then there's a second code if you want to do the instalments, which is SBWHPP10. Fabulous. So get signed up for Lee's course as well. It is well worth it. And Lee, we love having you on our podcast. One of our favourites. <laughs> Yeah, thanks, Lee. Hopefully people just listening to this have already started uh, a little bit of a healing journey and at least start to question things a little bit. And get the cogs turning and don't believe all the hype. As uh, Chuck D once said. Exactly. <laughs> Good place to finish. <laughs> thanks ever so much for coming on and please come back up in a year. Will do. Thank you. Whoa, Dan, what did you think of that? Yeah, that was Another enjoyable podcast with Lee. The, the trouble is when we talked to Lee, I, just, I could talk to him and ask him questions for like four, five, six hours. An hour just isn't enough. I know. We need to like lock him down for a day. <laughs> just... Yeah, can we just do a mini series with him? Yeah. Oh, I'd love that. <laughs> Honestly, yeah, it's, it's so good to talk. It's refreshing isn't it though here because we get bombarded with this whole mainstream media fear 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 you need to be scared you need to be really scared stay in your house put a mask on da, 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 da. it's so nice to hear the other side of a story from someone who is so knowledgeable intelligent and you know for a fact that whatever lee says you will have researched it and you know you'll have backup research to to justify everything he says 
So if you do find some of this quite triggering, then maybe that's a good sign that you should actually start to do it. Maybe need to do a little bit of work and research. All of this stuff we would not be saying if it if we hadn't all like knew it was there out there to to find. So um, yeah, I think it's always good to to notice these things, become aware, become aware of, of your own thoughts and feelings around this issue. We've all got them, and. Um, I think there's going to, like I said in the podcast, I think there's going to be a lot of post-traumatic healing and things going on once we do all finally get back to normal, whatever normal is going to look like. I think my biggest takeaway from listening to Lee was that there's, well, like any time we talk to Lee or any Czech professional that you have to make the differentiation between health and like a vaccine or just medical treatment. Real health is something totally different. If you can, if you can spend most of your time and energy on creating real health, you don't need all these precautions and all this fear around the so-called virus. If you just, if you create healthy people, and and also for me personally as well, um, Lee was saying he's been on some of the protests and, and the marches, and he said the the latest figures there might have been 1.2 million people there, which is a huge number, and as well that for a lot of people couldn't get there. So that imagine if the likes of me and you, Jill, or people up and down the country, the schedules lined up and the travel was a lot mm. easier. There might have been 5 million people at one of these marches. So for me, it can sometimes feel like you're going against the grain and it can feel a little mm. bit lonely having like a different opinion to the mainstream. So it kind of reassures me that there are people who are doing some real research and questioning things and it's it's for the good of everyone's health. That's the reason why we're doing it. We're not just doing it for attention. We don't have this alternative opinion just to make our egos feel good. We're doing it for the good of actually wanting to help people. It's not just an attention thing. So that would be my biggest takeaway. Stay strong. Everybody has to. We've just got to, what the world needs now is love. <laughs> without psychedelics. Turn it into like a big song and dance about it. But it's been great, uh, Dan. Love talking to Lee. And um, yeah, so great. Remember, we release new content every Monday. Um, every Monday. So remember, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Alexa, Google Home, Jill's website, and everywhere else in between. Yeah, www.organicpilates.co.uk. And um, yeah, we'll see you all next week. Yeah, great. Thanks, everyone. See you soon. Bye.